listen, and welcome, travelers of the digital soundscape. My name is Brian Keese, and this is Draft Punks, a podcast where we pick a new topic each week, then invite a special guest on to discuss, debate, and draft. Thank you for joining us tonight. With me, as always, is Rob Hudak. Oh, hey, hi, hello. Travis McGahey. You know, I always thought Navi saying, watch out, was much, much cooler than, than hey, listen. That's fair. And our very special guest uh, this evening, Chris Bartlett. Welcome, Chris. Hello. Thank you for having me. Of course, man. Thanks for joining us. Um, we mentioned at the end of last week's show, uh, you were one of the members of the Spelunkers podcast, along with uh, previous guests, Tyler and Ryan. Uh, and we're coming for you, Tom, someday. Uh, <laughs> and you guys dive into a new game every few weeks and play it with the community, and then you you do these videos where you dissect every last stinking detail on your show. Um, and recently, you guys uh, managed to tackle a super giant game that was not Hades, which I didn't think was possible. Uh, you guys took a look at Transistor, right? Yeah, Transistor was the only super giant game I had not beaten before. I fell off it initially, so I really wanted to go back and revisit that and you know play through everything super giants ever made because I adore that studio. Nice. I'm I'm slowly getting into them. I uh, hopped on the Hades train early with the hype. Um, and then Rob and Travis, after after months of working on me, finally got me to break down and play Pyre. Uh, <laughs> but I haven't made my way to Transistor yet. Rob, I know you're a, a big fan of that game, though, uh, possibly more than a couple of the Spelunkers, it sounds like. I yeah, I love every one of Supergiant's games. Uh, I own each of them on multiple platforms. And while it is not my favorite, I still do love Transistor. Yeah. Travis, have you um, actually played Transistor? Or I know you were talking about the speed yeah, run. I played Transistor and Bastion in a weekend. Uh, <laughs> nice. Yep, that tracks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, were, they were on like deep cut, like 3 and $4, I think, mm-hmm. something like that on Switch. And I picked them up and, yeah, played one. I started Transistor on Friday, finished it on Saturday, started Bastion after that, and finished Bastion on Sunday. So so are these games more terminal than Hades is? Because Hades, you can put in like hundreds of hours and you're still finding new stuff. Like, are Transistor and Bastion more like finite? Like, this is the end of the game? There's yes. extremely... Yeah, yeah there there is, but there's also extremely robust like uh, New Game Plus and yeah. difficulty modifiers, like self-chosen difficulty modifiers, similar to the pack in hades like yeah uh, that didn't come from nowhere you know that was a thing so in a it hades really it is like of a part with more i mean all three of them in that that they didn't have to end when you roll when you finish the story you know right Right. Yeah, they they had great systems that engaged you enough to want to continue participating in them at your own like opt-in difficulty like you said, but Hades is the one that I think is perfect for re-engaging with constantly. But yeah, yeah cuz Hades keeps throwing new stories at you over yeah. repeated play over and over and over again, whereas Bastion and Transistor it's like I really dig this gameplay and I'm going to keep playing for that. You're not getting yes. a new story. Absolutely. Yeah, gotcha. Pyre. So yeah, Pyre was like the next step from that uh, for them, I think. 
uh, because you can by by some choices you make in the story, you see different characters' stories play out in Pyre um, when you play through it again. So just surprisingly yeah. elaborate depths. Yep. Nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you know, however you feel about super giant games, past or present, uh, we are talking about, of course, a different series tonight that we all love. Uh, it's the third episode now in our month-long celebration of all things Zelda for the 35th anniversary of the original game. Uh, and Chris, I know you're a big Zelda fan. How did you first get into uh, the Zelda franchise? Um, so I never played like the old 2D ones when they were coming out. My first experience really with them was on the GameCube collection disc, if you guys remember that. Oh, yeah. I don't Vaguely, even, yeah. I don't even remember like where it came from uh i think i, I probably thought it used the GameStop, but the heavens yeah that's that's where it came from <laughs> I, nobody knows where it came from except for used at GameStop. but what a collection yeah <laughs> they have master uh, quest and, on it too right yeah it did it was awesome that's ridiculous. um i still never got into those 2d ones but i played um ocarina of time and majora's mask on there and fell in love with the 3d ones and that's that's mostly where my love for the series is. So there, there's not a lot of 2D stuff on my list today because uh, I haven't played a lot of those games. But Link Between Worlds is like a perfect game. That one, that one's beautiful. Look, Chris, okay. I already I already blew my the guest hates 2D Zelda games joke on Kyle last week. Uh, <laughs> I didn't realize that you also hated 2D Zelda games. No, no, no. Actually hated 2D Zelda games. <laughs> <laughs> But that's fair. No, that's that's awesome. Yeah, Ocarina is is a gateway for a lot of people to this series, obviously. And um, I think it's it's been very popular on the uh, two previous lists we've done, and I'm sure it's going to be popular again tonight. So uh, <laughs> but we're going to keep it rolling this week with an episode all about items and weapons that we have come to love across 35 years now of games. Uh, the only exception here, and this is a big one, is we have decided to not allow swords in this draft. Um, and Travis, maybe you can uh, explain why for the people at home. Uh, well, I don't remember, but but I did I did need to ask. What about like the giant sword from Majora's Mask, which is just an inventory item that you can only use when you're transformed in one boss arena. Uh, the Bigoron sword? No, no, Majora's Mask. Oh, it's Mask. different in Majora's Mask, yeah. 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 I don't know. Uh, I feel like swords are... Uh, swords that are equipped to your like main attack button are are excluded. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I feel like, yeah, I, I just feel like we're starting to go down nuanced tunnels. <laughs> at that point. Okay. Yeah, I think the idea here, though, is that we want to focus more on like the secondary weapons and items the things that are going to help you like puzzle solve things like that your c button Um, items if you will yeah yeah depending on the game for sure um all right well in another piece of good news uh the reign of terror also known as rob's winning okay come on (laughs) it's finally ended uh kyle hilliard our special guest last week cleaned house and took the crown he is uh our newest champion which means chris that you will get the first pick in tonight's draft we have uh, already randomized the rest of the order thanks to a little bit of help from chris before the show Uh, i will be picking second travis has the third pick and rob will get two in a row at the end of the round 
And that's oh, yeah. it. That's that's all the housekeeping. So without any further ado, Chris, what is the number one choice in the Zelda items draft? The pressure is on, sir. I'm immediately going to take the pressure off because I'm not here to win, guys. If I was here to win, there's something I would take that I'm sure somebody else will take soon. But I'm here to choose the things that I love. And most of the things that awesome. I love are Twilight Princess. I'm Uh-oh. taking the ball and chain. Okay. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, often forgotten weapon, but super cool. The main thing I think of when I uh, when I think of the ball and chain is the fight with Zant at the end of Twilight mm-hmm. Princess, where he's this big guy stomping around, and you hit him, and he like grabs his foot and hops around like ow wow 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 wow. Like Mario got caught. I was gonna say that's like a very (laughs) Mario. Be sure you're not playing (laughs) Bowser's Uh, Revenge. uh, But yeah, there's not a lot of uh, puzzle solving with the ball and chains. Mostly swing it around and you break things. But I like swinging things around and breaking things, guys. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sometimes when a puzzle is just too much, you got to swing a ball around and break it instead. (laughs) I mean. Truth be told, most of the items in the series are specifically just for doing like a specific thing Mm -hmm. and almost never used in combat. And the thing that they do is usually super satisfying. (laughs) So that's an excellent pick to just be be Miley Cyrus out here, just clubbing (laughs) through your (laughs) Your puzzles is great. Yeah, it's it's an interesting one also uh, in that a lot of these items repeat throughout the series but that's mm. one i think that's the only appearance of the ball and chain as far as i know is in twilight princess so. yeah 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 it, it, for a number of reasons but in part like one twilight princess was pretty late in the series overall and also was not regarded for all by a lot of people as fondly which i think is yeah a mistake sure. yeah now now I've I've caught some flat I've caught some flack in the past uh, for choices that were were sentimental to me. Uh, we're lovingly calling them now Mickey Mouse picks. This feels more <laughs> this feels more like an Edward Falcon pick though to me. I don't know. Oh yeah, uh, this is this is an Edward Falcon pick for sure. I mean, it's the leading <laughs> off the leading off the draft. But I, yeah. unlike Edward Falcon, I am familiar with the ball and chain. <laughs> That's fair. We we do know of the ball and chain. That is true. Uh, so I don't know. You said you've listened to about half the episodes, Chris. That was back in like episode three when we had Alex on uh, for yeah. Capcom versus Marvel characters. And he made yeah. uh, the decision to take Edward Falcon at the top of the draft, which was met with uh, a good amount of silence. So at least you didn't get that. Uh, we're, we're all familiar with this. We think it's a it's a good and interesting pick. I just. Like, it's not something that was on my list. I feel like you might have been able to get this later on. Um, but if it's the one that speaks to you the most, then I, I totally understand. It's a niche starter that, like, is solid and has, like, foundation behind it's your it. your left but... tackle. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. It, it's one of three things on my list that I'm going to be upset if I don't get. So <laughs> it, it. it makes sense to take it then, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. Well, uh, as as Travis and Rob know, I'm obsessed with winning, Chris. Uh, so I'm glad you took the ball and chain so that at number two, I can take the Ocarina of Time. Oh, wow. Yeah. Good. Uh, good. 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 <laughs> Politics. 
yeah, no, this is this is I, I didn't expect this to be Travis or Rob's number one necessarily. I'm pretty sure Rob's is going to be something from Twilight Princess, given his reaction to uh, Chris picking the ball and chain uh, before he mentioned what it was actually going to be. It's a fair inference. <laughs> but uh, the Ocarina is, you know, the most iconic item in the Zelda games at this point that's not called the Master Sword. Um, we talked at the top of the show how this is the game that probably introduced the most new fans to this series since the original. Totally. And, you know, the fact that you use it throughout the game for so many different purposes, it brings you your horse, it opens up different temples, it can make it rain, it can make it shine. You can, can summon a skeleton by ma- or a scarecrow by yeah. making your own song and <laughs> making right. it a nightmare. It's uh, so good. You can carrying for it forward into Majora's Mask, slow time down and speed time up. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, so just in terms of the utility and the iconic status, uh, I feel like I I'm lucky to get this at number two. I assumed it was going to be the number one pick, and I was like looking at three different items at number two. So I'm I'm glad that I was able to pick this up. So well, I'm glad I could give it to you. Mostly so I could get another solo from Travis. <laughs> That's what we're here for, really. It's to promote Travis's aspiring ocarina career. I really should have, really should have learned the song of time. <laughs> that would have been very against the grain for you, Travis. Yeah, I don't I don't know how to play the A button. <laughs> you gotta look really hard. Yeah, no, the A button's on the bottom, Travis. You gotta flip that thing over. Well, no, that's the thing. My thumbs are all, all already over two holes on the back. My, my eight fingers are on holes on the front. How am I supposed to hit the A button? You should consult with uh, with Miyamoto. <laughs> Condo. Um, but all right, so so Ocarina of Time. That's my pick, and we will move on to uh, Travis, who's got number three. Uh, I'm going to take another extremely powerful, versatile item, uh, the Sheikah Slate. Yes. That Uh, was my number two. Ooh, so slight shambles there. Yeah, that was the one that I was, I thought I should have picked. Would have been a smart pick, but not here to win. Yeah, it's it's (laughs) between this and one other one for me. Hopefully I'll get that other one, number two, and if I do, I'll feel real strongly about my list, but, uh. Sheikah Slate allows you to, you know, freeze water, create bombs out of nothing, uh, put people in stasis, and uh, what's the other Summon thing? a motorcycle. It's been so long. No, there's there's four <laughs> powers, right? Yeah. Cryonis, stasis. Uh, Magnetism. Mag- yeah, magnesis, yeah. <laughs> and... Uh, Boy, I don't know if you've seen some of the things that you can do by combining these powers, but uh, it's it's great. It's absolutely. I think one of my favorite things is making yourself like fly along by hovering a cart, uh, mag- uh-huh. like a metal cart in the air with magnesis and stuff. <laughs> Just like, and yeah, the way that that they totally changed the game by giving you this object that they then imbued power with uh powers that would normally be items you found in dungeons and like having unlimited bombs is just the wildest thing right like you'd never have to be in a situation where you needed a bomb and didn't have one ever again Uh, right and it also incorporates part of what i love about it is how it incorporates like technology 
into the Zelda universe in a way that other ones are a little bit more like traditional. This one's like you've got a GPS system. Yeah. No, it's, it's like the smart wild Zelda. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's wild and I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you mentioned earlier, Rob, that um most Zelda items are like you use them in a very specific way that is very satisfying. And Breath of the Wild completely flips that on their head. It's like these physics based puzzle solutions where you can do things any number of ways and it completely just changes the game and is really fascinating it's literally all you really need to solve almost everything in that game like the whole opening like we picked with brian uh, on the great plateau like once you get the sheikah slate fully unlocked and you get your say oh your um your cloth like you can go anywhere you can solve like (laughs) most things and yeah, it's because of the Sheikah slate that you're able to do that. Like it, yeah, it's it's an incredible pick and might might get my vote at the very end solely on that just because of how big Breath of the Wild is to me. Also, I carry around my Nintendo Switch in it. Um, yeah, which I that's another pretty cool thing. Yeah, <laughs> All right. I, yeah, I also have that case. Even yeah. I, I'm not the it's biggest Breath of the Wild fan. I like it a lot, but I don't adore it. But I still. I'm right there. I'm about, I I would say that's probably pretty close to where I am. I'm going to be revisiting it pretty soon, but that's pretty much my feeling on it. But like, that's like the best special edition at like ever. I think like the most useful one that I've ever purchased for a video game is the breath of the wild special edition came with a switch case that looks like the Sheikah slate for anybody who doesn't know. Um, And it's a, it's a good case. So yeah, nice. that that's the Sheikah Slate baby. It holds everything you need and utility. I love it. <laughs> um, all right, well we'll keep it rolling here. So uh, that makes it sound like Rob is gonna get what he had number one on his list. So let's hear that, and then his second choice as well. It's the spinner. <laughs> it's it's the spinner. Okay, okay. Uh, why don't you? <laughs> Let folks know what the spinner is, because this is another one that I think is a a one time appearance, correct? Uh, not not fully. Like it, it, it is feature. I mean, yes, it's only in Twilight Princess, um, but it has uh, a lot. Like when I was first doing the uh, the Arbiter's Grounds dungeon in Twilight Princess. I thought it was really cool in how they incorporated the dungeons naturally into the world. And then I get this spinner, which becomes a skateboard to grind on rails throughout this entire dungeon. And then it gives me probably my favorite boss fight in the series history. Wow. I think that was it the star, uh, star Lord fight. Um, yeah that you have with like you just go into this room and you fight this boss and it just seems like you know big ass dragon to start and then the arena shifts and you're bouncing off the walls on this spinning skateboard top grinding like a cog through all the slots in the arena and just bopping this uh this floating head and i audibly cheered and shouted this is amazing when i had that fight happen and uh, like the spinner to me is one of those items that like provided such such an epic moment 
that I have seldom seen repeated in the series. Yeah. Was well, that one uh, of your three, Chris? No, this is actually really interesting because clearly you and I, Rob, are both big fans of Twilight Princess, but uh, that's like <laughs> one of maybe two items from Twilight Princess that's not on my list at all. I love I that it. boss fight. It is super cool, but the item itself never did much for me. Yeah, I thought it was a really like in a, in a series that historically has uh, save for Breath of the Wild, like or an, uh, another item that might come up uh, has no jump button. And something that enabled you to engage with the terrain in a different way was such a breath of fresh air to me in a series that felt predominantly grounded in the literal sense. Yeah, it's. I'm sitting here like, man, this guy picks no peak ruins. Now he's taking the spinner. Rob clearly just wants like a snowboarding and skateboarding game that stars Link. Like that's what he's going. I just for. like the series doing interesting things with its, yeah. uh, <laughs> its mechanics that is not done before. Like what the Sheikah Slate does, it yeah. it it breaks it like breaks the mold of what Zelda you expect from Zelda. Like you have your bow and all these other traditional items, which are great and historical, but like things that are kind of one-offs i also like like the ball and chain i really appreciate their novelty and just doing interesting things to try to shake up what zelda can do yeah it's and it's one of the reasons i like that we you know sometimes i slip and i say it by accident but usually we don't say we're picking like the best zelda items um or the best zelda music um we're just picking zelda items and so i feel like in that first round we got two picks that are like super unique and were taken because of how different they are compared to the norm for the series. And then we got two picks that are things that have like become iconic to the series. Um, one for, you know, 15 years now, the other much more recently, but I'd argue that there are three that yeah. are, uh, that break the mold and that their Ocarina is like the one kind of, well, I mean, even the Ocarina itself, uh, it, it, for its time was innovative, but like the Sheikah slate in particular is the most revolutionary thing Zelda has ever seen. Right. I think I just mean that, uh, mine as and far as icon are status. Like more mainstream. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, whereas Rob and Chris's are, are probably a little more surprising. Um, Exactly. Oh, two cool. of us are trying to win, and two of us aren't. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm dying. I'm, I'm going to say this right now, Chris. I am never trying to win. I have always just picked what I what I love. He says that every week. He doesn't mean it. If uh, I can Rob, get my second pick, pick as well. <laughs> if I can get my second pick, I'm trying to win. If not, nah, but well, second pick for me is going to be the Bomber's Notebook That's from Majora's Mask. Okay. See, and you mentioned that. Uh, earlier before we started recording and i couldn't tell if you were joking or not um no <laughs> this is another like super interesting and super unique to one game choice but yeah can you and so if people haven't played this specific game can you explain uh what the bomber's notebook is the bomber's notebook is how you're able to engage with so many different stories and timelines throughout the entirety of majora's mask it's like th- in I view it in some ways as the heart of what makes that game tick because you're constantly when once you get it 
you're able to view like the tangible timeline that you engage with all these different people and quests and interactions. The bomber's notebook like enables you to keep track of that and like makes manifest the the timeline that that the itinerary that everyone follows and it persists beyond it. It's really interesting. Oh yeah, and I mean the kind of clues you in as to how much there's going to be to track down when you first get it uh and it was just such an exciting moment um first receiving that that notebook and and fanning through it and being like wait there's this much stuff to discover there's how many question marks that i don't right. know what's behind them oh it boy it was a tactile uh way to to illustrate like how much depth the game really had in its system um and part like it, before breath of the wild yeah majora's mask was my favorite zelda game and part of it was because of the loop it had and seeing the ways um you could you could poke at it and the bomber's notebook was such a useful tool that the which is which is interesting for the series that is predominantly known for at least early on um and then kind of the inverse later on uh how much it encouraged exploration and i thought that i've always felt that the bomber's notebook was a great compromise in allowing you to explore the different possibilities that the game had to offer in all of its storylines with the different people in uh, clock town and scattered throughout but it like it was good at showing you what you what you needed to kind of keep in mind but it didn't give you answers it didn't constantly remind you that you needed to know all these things where like skyward sword and fee it it, it just like <laughs> bogs you down with tedium and yeah. making sure that you understand every complete facet of every minute detail that you need to know which was like the like antithetical to what i loved about the series and so i yeah i always thought bomber's notebook was a good compromise yeah absolutely agree and it's uh when you started talking about it earlier this week i think you mentioned it on the discord at some point um i had to go back and like look it up and then as soon as i looked it up it was it's one of those things where it just like floods back to you where you're like oh yeah i absolutely remember that and how awesome it was yeah. uh, i want to i want to mention here uh because we forgot to mention it at the top we are recording this episode before tomorrow's uh nintendo direct uh it's tuesday night right now uh, I'm really hoping, <laughs> really hoping that we get a some kind of Zelda collection announcement and B that Majora's yeah. Mask is part of it, because I don't think I, I never played the 3DS version. So I haven't played this game since I had an N64 back in, you know, like middle school, high school. Same. So um, I'm really what hoping. If it, what if what if it includes the announcement of the addition of Nintendo 64 titles to Nintendo Switch Online? That'd be cool. Amazing. That's my big. That's my big brain. Nice. Yeah, that would be fantastic. Um, I will say that would make me slightly sad because the, I did play the 3DS version of Majora's, and that version is uh, very superior in my opinion. I also played Majora's. Oh, I'm sure. Or when I was a dumb. I'm kid. sure it is for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I I would like to play that version. Uh, okay, so Travis, you said that if you got your second pick, you would be going hard for the win this week. Sounds like you're going to get that pick, so let us know what it is. I'm taking another extremely versatile, powerful item that's not very useful until you fill it with something. That's the empty bottle. 
uh, from the entire series. Uh, I, I mean, of the most exciting things to get as a reward for doing a thing out in the world of a Zelda game, I think an empty bottle is damn near the top of that list. You know, <laughs> I yeah, going to swim against the beavers in Majora's Mask. You give me a bottle, hell yeah, I'm swimming against you. Uh, <laughs> it, you get one from finding all of Andrew's cuckoos at the beginning of Ocarina of Time. I think that's your first. Actually, that's one. a good question. Let's um, like, what is everyone's favorite bottle location? If you have one, I guess would it be the the beaver swim for you, Travis? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Rob, do you have a favorite? I legit can't remember any one specific <laughs> one. It might be okay. No, it might be. I think it's the Poe quest line in Ocarina of Time where you have to like move the Poe soul. Yep. Yep. Okay, that one is one of the ones that does feel like ingrained in my heart. Yeah. yeah. How about you, Chris? Oh man, I don't have specific memories of a lot of them. It's like as you bring them up, I'll be like, oh yeah, that was a great quest for that empty bottle, but I. I don't have specific memories of what I got from what quest. Well, mine's from a 2D Zelda, which we know you hate. Um, <laughs> in in Link to the Past, there's a bridge that once you get the Zora flippers, you can swim underneath. And there is just a uh, like a homeless man who's living under the bridge. Got a little campfire, a little tent set up, uh, and he will give you a bottle just uh, for coming by to visit him. And it's just like this kind of little hidden thing. Uh, you don't necessarily know to look for it. I think most people find it by accident for the first time, unless you're, you know, Googling where is the fourth bottle in Link to the Past. Um, and that one always just kind of stuck out to me because there's not some big quest or or boss or anything you have to fight for. You just swim under this bridge and a and an old man hands it to you. And I always thought that was really cool. Totally. Uh, one last thing I want to say about empty bottles is uh, one of my favorite things about Majora's Mask uh d- different uh from Ocarina of Time is how different the empty bottles look like they look like absolute trash in Ocarina of Time like they're super pointy and stuff and they're Very not pl- like round <laughs> at all and then in Majora's Mask they're round and they have flat bottoms and they look like bottles yo it's uh, that expansion pack man it's absolutely <laughs> Yeah, I can't, hey, can't fail to mention you needed the expansion pack to play Majora's Mask on the Nintendo 64. Very important. Yeah. They'll probably sell the expansion pack for the Switch to play it on your Switch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you Travis will probably get it for Christmas again. <laughs> you get, you, you've got the HD rumble pack. Today you can feel the HD vibration, young man. But it has to uh, it has to plug into the headphone jack. That's the only way you can use it, unfortunately. That's the Switch Pro is just an expansion pack for the Switch. Oh man. No, that's a that's a solid pick. I it was uh-huh. on my list for sure. It's yeah, uh, mine too. it's one of those things that yeah has become super expected and common throughout the series. And it's you know, you at first it does seem like a very paltry reward for doing these tasks. Yeah, yeah, totally. The when, first time when I a got fairy one. saves your ass when you die to a boss and you're like, oh, I get to keep fighting. Like it's yeah, they're priceless. So Yeah, it's a great pick. And um strangely, I've been playing a lot of East. We're actually doing East nine for the Spelunkers over the next month and a half. Mm. Uh, and empty bottles are actually really important in that game too. Like it's a big thing when you get an empty bottle because you can fill them with potions back at your camp 
yeah. Uh, okay, we'll keep going here. Uh, wow. I've got like four things left here that I assumed would be gone by now, and then I remembered I'm here with uh, Rob and Travis. You're on Draft Punks, baby. <laughs> what do you mean, me? I picked two like top tier things over here. You did. You did. To be f- yeah, Sheikah Slate was a top ten for me. Bottles was a little lower, but it was on my list. I'm happy with both of my picks. I I didn't say you weren't, sir. Okay, I'm just saying that uh, they would not have been. On your list because you have different lists than me. Well, what is your pick then? It's a great Sally stalls a lot. I I don't know. (laughs) Sally stalls. Yeah. Uh, Shoot. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna go with the the sailcloth, the paraglider in Breath of the Wild. Excellent pick. Good. Thank you. Uh, So this is another, you know. Uh, one-time item in a game. This is the only game that the paraglider has appeared in. We assume it's going to be a big part of Breath of the Wild 2. I don't see how it couldn't be. Wait, Te- I thought it was in Immortals Phoenix Rising. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I mean, technically, yes, the sailcloth has not been in another game, but it its kin has been in others. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. But it's never been utilized the way it is in Breath of the Wild. Um. And, and I'll I'll say that I'm like taking it specifically because of its presence in that game. Uh, the paraglider, you know, Rob kind of talked about a little bit earlier, but when you get that item in Breath of the Wild, it just means immediate freedom to jump from this cliff and go in any direction you want, attempt any fight that you want to. You know, most of us made smart decisions and went for things that looked doable. Rob decided to go right at those guardians. <laughs> because it looked fun and he beat them all right didn't die oh, yeah, once. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but it's just like it it changed the way that zelda games felt because and and another thing you know like the rob mentioned was uh zelda all these years has been noticeably lacking a, a jump button and having this ability to just open up that world so much uh, by floating around everywhere you wanted to go, you know, as you built up that stamina throughout the game, uh, just like really change things. And and so for that reason, that's my second choice. Good pick. Thank you. I, I mean, uh, Uncle Rico takes the sailcloth and he says, I wonder if I could sail over them mountains. You know, it's like that. <laughs> that's one of my favorite things about that game is like, how high up can I get? How far can I go? Like, uh, just, mm, and, and the view, you know? Yeah. A great pick. Yeah. I think the thing that is so great about breath of the wild is that freedom of exploration. And I don't think that is half as good without the sail. Oh, totally. I, um, I alluded to it a little bit ago, but with the, Wind Waker had something very similar to it. It definitely wasn't used to the same extent that uh, it, it it's featured in Breath of the Wild, but it, it's still like I feel I view it as like the uh, inset of uh, the inception point for what they were trying to go for in providing something a little bit more freeform. In uh, in addition to like sailing, which is divisive for a lot of people, and it is detracting for some. I, I get it. 
but th- the way that it incorporates that feather to try to explore more more arenas in a, in a broader sense is really nice yeah but yeah like the, the paraglider in particular like in conjunction with how comprehensively detailed that world is 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 refreshing and it just like go just go <laughs> yeah like it's it's amazing that you can look at these mountains like on the horizon that in a game even a generation ago that would have been like a flat background that you eventually something is going to block you from getting to that. But in this game, it's like, no, I can go there. (laughs) So it's, yeah, it was just a different, you know, different experience for a Zelda game uh, that meant a lot to me. And so that's why I'm totally here. Yeah. Uh, But we'll keep it moving. Uh, We will go to Chris who gets two in a row now to end round two and start round three. So Chris, what are you taking with your second pick? Speaking of the sailing in Wind Waker, I'm taking the swift sail from the HD remaster of yeah. Wind Waker. <laughs> um, that original game is very good, but the sailing was very problematic. You had to constantly pull out your Wind Waker to change the wind direction and go the way you want to go. If you get the swift sail from the auction house, which you should do immediately if you're going to play that game, mm. uh, you can just sail wherever you want to go and the wind will change direction with the sail. It makes that game playable in a modern era i think and is that in the original or just the hd remake it's just hd remaster unfortunately gotcha yeah that was uh, i talked about this i don't remember if it's last week or the week before but that was like a big hurdle for me in wind waker was the point where you get to the fetch quest where you're looking for the uh pieces of the triforce in the ocean uh i just like bounced off of that super hard and eventually i pushed through it to finish that game and i'm glad i did because it's probably my favorite ending to a zelda game um but just hearing what you said uh i didn't realize that was a thing and now i want to go play the hd remake (laughs) hopefully we hear about it tomorrow yes the the (laughs) hd remakes of both twilight princess and uh, uh, wind waker are like the definitive way to to play it i think Mm -hmm. they they incorporate just enough quality of life stuff to like okay maybe we're a little bit too strict with some things (laughs) yeah yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. That's a great pick. I was going to ask if uh, and maybe I shouldn't say this because it might be on someone's list. Uh, is the King of Red Lions pickable or not? He's not an inventory item, I would say. I he's he a is, character. He's a character okay. that you engage with to participate in the world. But yeah, that's I don't fair. Think he's an item. Yeah. Like I, I yeah, because I assumed like Navi is out, uh, ob- you know, because they're a fairy they're flying around but i wasn't sure because the king of they're red lions people, also man. provides that utility of being a boat that's why you i objected playing the king of red lions <laughs> yes i am <laughs> <laughs> that man is a boat all right <laughs> I mean, yeah you're not wrong <laughs> wasn't that the um, lonely island song i'm a boat mother <laughs> <laughs> you're a boat mother okay uh, <laughs> All right, Chris, uh, what are you going to follow up the Swift Sail with? Uh, my next pick is, also from Twilight Princess, the double claw shots. Yeah. Yeah, you get them. You get the claw shot pretty early, but that's basically just the hook shot. Like, it's not very unique, but then you get the double claw shot really late in the game, and it's associated with my favorite boss fight from that game, actually, the dragon, where you're, like, claw shotting around him while... He's flying up in the air and you never touch the ground and it's great. And then you claw shot to his tail and pull him down with the iron boots, which is a cool little 
micro puzzle that I adored. And he's a dragon. <laughs> Are you saying that Twilight Princess is a 3D platformer? Perhaps. It's just that I... That is, a, is an exceptional dungeon and is very reminiscent to me of uh, Shadow of the Colossus. Um, and so I had to give sure. a nod nod to a very heated debate. The original Min-Max uh, <laughs> yeah. controversy. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's a great pick. And yeah, it's it's so satisfying, like having this this established norm of that like uh that ocarina of time set with the hook shot the way it did and then like to be able to do it twice or like what <laughs> yeah it's amazing awesome. <laughs> uh i was just gonna say yeah because i was thinking about uh the hook shot at my next pick but uh i forgot honestly that in twilight princess you get the double like that is uh yeah, the that's best version satisfying to use, like to traverse across, especially in that dungeon you mentioned, like when you're going across on the hooks, it's it's yeah, that's super satisfying. That's a great pick. Mm. And I remember what I was going to say. It's actually also in Skyward Sword, which I didn't remember until I was Googling. I don't remember using that at all in that game, but apparently it's there. Huh. I don't remember it either because I didn't finish that game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Poor Skyward Sword. I actually have a couple of things on my list from that, but I think with the way this is going, they're going to be in honorable mention territory. It uh, knows what it did. <laughs> the uh, final the game is very cool, though. Just a oh, totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Uh, okay, so so that actually helped me make my next choice um, because I was between two things, and I'm going to leave the hook shot on the table uh, and instead go with another classic. Uh, present from the original game and throughout most of the rest of the series is the boomerang. Nice. Yeah, this is just, you know, a classic good ass Zelda item. Uh, It's one of the first things you get in the original. It's like I said, you get it in just about every Zelda game up to today. Uh, It's got some cool mechanics behind it throughout the different games. It's evolved a little bit. Uh, my favorite version of it, if I had to pick one, is probably Link to the Past. Um, just because that first time where I found out you could upgrade it to the red to the magic boomerang uh, and being like super hyped about that because it felt like I found this great secret that no one knew about. And of course, you go look it up online. Everyone knew about it. Um, but you go find this this fairy fountain that's hidden and it will ask you if you want to throw something into the fountain and it brings up your inventory. And it's like, this is a little scary. Like, what if whatever I throw in, I don't get back. But Mm -hmm. uh, when you do throw an item in, a giant fairy appears and asks if it was you. You say yes. They say, okay, thank you for being honest. And they give it back to you. And the exception there is your boomerang, which is one of the first items you get in the game. When you toss that in, they say, well, thank you for being honest. Here, let me make that better for you. And they upgrade it to a red boomerang, which travels, you know, all the way across the screen and makes it more powerful, kills more enemies in one shot. Uh, And it's just like a super cool hidden upgrade that the majority of people who play that game probably never realizes there. And so I always enjoyed that version of the boomerang. Oh, totally. 
I like the Link's Awakening uh, one because it comes at the end of a trading sequence, and I'm a sucker for trading sequences. You like my... a good montage. <laughs> my favorite is probably the Gale Boomerang. Yes. Mm, that's a great one, too. Yeah. Um, I told you guys before we started recording, so I was watching this video uh, that talked about alternate item locations, and this was kind of cool, too. Um, and I'm going tr- backtracking, sorry, to the link to the past one, but uh, so the boomerang is one of the first items you get in Link to the Past when you're going through Hyrule Castle, but it's possible to just uh, leave that room and not open that treasure chest and take it. And if you do that, it will actually show up later in the game in a chest in Kakariko Village uh, where you can pick it up instead of getting, I think normally it would just hold a rupee reward. Um, But if you skip that one as well, you can actually go through pretty much the entirety of the game without a boomerang. And then when you get to, it's called in the Dark World, Kakariko Village becomes the Village of Outcasts. Uh, there is a treasure chest there that you can open that will just start you with the red boomerang, which I always thought was kind of interesting mm. too. Yeah, instead of like going the route of going and finding that fairy fountain. So that's pretty rad. Yeah, I thought that was kind of a cool story. Um, Do you think more people ended up with the red boomerang that way or through the fairy? Both low numbers, I'm sure. Yeah, I think you have to skip the first boomerang encounter which seems like it's pretty tough to do because it's like the first treasure chest you run into in the game. So everyone is like excited to open that treasure chest. Um, but I don't know. It's I would guess more people got it through the fairy fountain, but it wouldn't surprise me if it's pretty close. But, but yeah, that's that's my pick. Uh, number three, it's it's again, it's another one of those classic items that has gone throughout the series. Um and I, I just love it. It's usually like my go to like when I'm just running around on the field and I have to have like a primary uh, secondary item equipped with my sword. I'm usually going with the boomerang. So uh, that's my third choice. And we will keep it rolling on to Travis for his third. All right. Uh, I'm going to stick with uh, an icon here and go with the, the mirror shield. Because nice. who doesn't love redirecting beams of light at things yeah. that are apparently solar powered? Laser panels! <laughs> <laughs> the best types of puzzles. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I'm, actually, I'm in slight shambles here, Travis. I really like this pick. Yeah, it was on my list for sure. Um, I, I think my favorite version is the Ocarina of Time version. It's so badass. Yeah. Like, yeah the the red border and uh the mirror finish you know as mm-hmm. as the name would imply it's it's really got everything going for it uh, in such a cool dungeon yeah oh like absolutely the dungeon that you get to use it in is, is just such a fun like not just in its breadth of ideas but also like it, its verticality is really great um, which was like, you know, what was so great about Ocarina of Time to begin with is how it incorporated verticality in its dungeon design. And I thought that in- incorporating the mirror shield into reflections in a 3D space like that was really like a, a fun way to engage with it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I really like the Majora's Mask one too, uh, a whole lot. Um, but it's too big for him. It's, <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> um, 
but God, what, how many games are there mirror shields in? I mean, is there I one in Link to the Past? Uh, yeah, yeah. And my favorite version is uh, the Wind Waker, which yeah, same. we talked about that a couple weeks ago. But the way they utilize that in the final boss fight in Wind Waker is my favorite moment of that game and my favorite like end boss fight of any Zelda game. Mm. Uh, and the fact that it uses like the mirror shield is like the main item you use to defeat Ganon as opposed to he does use the master sword for the final blow, but like, as opposed to using, you know, the Hylian classic shield with the crest on it. Um, that was just like a really cool twist in the way that it was used in that fight. Yeah. My favorite iteration is also wind waker, um, because of the dungeon that you get it in. It's like really creepy for that really cartoony Mm -hmm. game with all the like zombies and coffins everywhere. I love Mm -hmm. that dungeon specifically in that game. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Great pick. Thank you. Uh, okay, we'll keep it going here. Uh, Rob, your third choice, sir. Well, speaking of dark and creepy dungeons, we're going with uh, an item you get in one of those from Ocarina of Time. We're going with the Lens of Truth. Nice. Uh, yep. I It blew my mind when I first saw that and how it was in, incorporated in the game. Like so many things that Ocarina of Time did, it was just, that's really cool. Okay, let's go test this out over here. Oh, let's go. And like you start thinking about it, it really encourages your your imagination and the exploration of okay, let's go to another spot that in the world that this might be used in and going and exploring different areas that you could try to use the mask the lens of truth in and see if it engaged with it. Um and I, very seldomly you were rewarded for that. Yeah, the lens uh, of truth I, is like it's. Well, this is a weird tangent, but you guys love weird tangents on the show. Yeah, uh, it's what I wanted from the game, the medium. You guys have tried that, but that's yeah. really just a linear adventure game. I wanted like a world that I can explore and be like, let me switch to this other reality and see what's different. And that's what the totally. lens of truth gave us forever ago. And the medium just failed miserably. At. Yeah, I I totally see where you're coming from on that. Yeah, I I, I thought that. Uh... It executed it very well. Uh, were you going to say, Travis? Uh, don't. Talking about Lens of Truth, other. Oh dungeon, yeah, like, this I- was this was on my list. Um, I absolutely what you said about it being in a super creepy dungeon and like, yeah, finding out that there are false walls was like such yes. a such a bro moment. Yeah, it's just like they've thought of so many things in this game. <laughs> yeah, it was it was such a fun way to incorporate that. Um but yeah, so excellent dungeon, uh excellent item from that dungeon. And that boss fight. Oh, oh bongo bongo. <laughs> uh gotta love bongo bongo. I know, right? <laughs> uh and moving on from that, we're going with another awesome item from Ocarina of Time that is used in an awesome way for an awesome boss fight. We're going with the Megaton Hammer. Ah, uh, yes. I had the hammer in general high up on my list. I love a good hammer in a Zelda game. Yeah, it, like, it, in particular, like, it, it's a great item across the, the series, but in particular, the way it's used and, like, the impact it has where it feels like it's shaking the world every time you use it. Yep. And, like, when you're <laughs> smacking that dragon, repeatedly playing whack-a-mole, it's so good. Yeah, Such it's... a great fight. 
the hammer has always been like super oversized. Like even back to Link to the Past, when you use the hammer, like it is the size of Link's body. But uh, Megaton Hammer is the first time where you like really felt that impact, where it felt like, oh, this is like Cloud using a Buster Sword like size ridiculousness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you felt like it weighed probably three hundred pounds and was going yeah. to put Link into like arthritis at a really young age because he's <laughs> repeatedly smacking the ground in this dungeon to progress. And yeah, that's it's so fun. Yeah, and it feels like in that game it's used more for destruction. It was used a lot in Link to the Past just as because that's where I, you know, I, I kind of default to that game. In that mm-hmm. game, it was more about clearing barriers to get to new areas, which was exciting, but it wasn't exactly like innovative. It was just like a, a thing to keep you from getting to a place before you were supposed to. So I yeah, like that so- you're picking the the Megaton Hammer specifically as like, just like a badass, awesome weapon as opposed to like a thing to help you get past a border. <laughs> totally. Yeah. I, I thought that was one of the best versions of that, of that item. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I didn't know I was as big a fan of Wind Waker as I am, but the first hammer that came to mind for me was the skull hammer from Wind yeah, Waker, which is way great. too big for Link in that game. But Everything's I, way too big for Link in that's that true. game. <laughs> that's true. He's so little. <laughs> It is comical, all the things that yeah. he engages with that way. Uh. Uh, all right, uh, Travis, you're going to keep us going here in round four. Um, well, I think I'm going to have to go with the Fierce Deities mask from yep. Jorah's Mask. Slight shambles. Ooh. I mean, the one of the number one things about this is that it is a symbol of completionism Mm -hmm. uh you only get this by obtaining all of the masks uh and what a reward it is uh (laughs) i mean i've never fought majora without it um and i don't want to because (laughs) it seems really hard (laughs) (laughs) but you the sword you get is the fierce deity that that makes zero sense like why would you make a sword that's two twisted pieces of metal meeting at a point? That seems really dumb, but boy, it looks cool and it shoots energy beams out of its tip when your hearts are full. So it's like the DNA of the game. All things come together. I don't know. It's <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like some I, JRPG nonsense right there. Yeah, right. <laughs> Go fight God with this. I just want to know more about. Uh, the fierce deity yeah right. absolutely that's what i'm interested in i'm here for the lore what kind of god were they yeah uh it's pretty fierce <laughs> they, like... they do a lot of this alien mask thing yeah. yeah we get we get very little information about them in the game <laughs> just mm-hmm. and uh i also wish that you could just like in the post game just go use it wherever they'll let you like go refight the bosses, yeah. I think, wearing it, but otherwise, like those are the only places you're allowed to use it. So, um, yeah, this was on my list as well. Chris said he was in slight shambles. Um, yeah, and it's you know just by nature of the fact that you have to acquire every other mask in the game to get this, that also makes it the most difficult one to acquire. So, um, it's super rare, and it's one of those ones that 
a lot of people who, again, a lot of people who played through this game probably didn't bother with, with, you know, trying to find it. And it's, it's a reward for folks who are really dedicated to finishing that whole storyline. So, I mean, like yeah, we talked right. about on the locations episode, the, the wedding mask alone mm. is like such a, such an endeavor to get. Yeah. And but yeah. that's yeah. not the only one. So. Yeah, you always feel more of a connection to an item in a game if it was very, very difficult to get. Um, everyone at home is laughing at us right now, though, because they're going to announce Majora's Mask 2 tomorrow, where you fight <laughs> the fierce deity. No, no. And it's you from the past. I hope future. so. Like, that I mean, yeah, dope. I wouldn't be opposed to it. Yeah. Uh, awesome. That's a great pick, Travis. Uh, shoot. There's so many choices. Uh, I know. I'm being a, a Sally Stalfos again. Because <laughs> uh, I've got like five things here that I assumed would be gone by now. Go with your heart. I didn't realize how granular people were going to get with some of these. <laughs> I should have known. Uh, I'm going to take... All right. You want oddball choices. Here we go. Yes. I'm going to take the beetle from skyward sword oh that that is like a fantastic item one of the things i loved about skyward sword i heard you groan chris or if i put you in double shambles here back to back yeah back to back oh no here. sometimes it happens this in the fourth round, end of the round uh, <laughs> pick because uh, i don't have any weirdo picks yet obviously yeah yeah so <laughs> so the beetle in skyward sword this is another one of those appears in only one game uh, as far as I know, as far as I remember, it's, it it's really could. Yeah. 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 That's fair. Yeah. That's um, it's essentially, you know, a drone uh, that Link can fire off and you can fly it around through temples to sort of get information about what's coming up or solve puzzles. It's super utility. It's kind of like the little, you know, if you've seen, you know, the Marvel movies and you're not familiar with the Zelda games as much, it's like the little Falcon drone that he can shoot out and, and have it go fly around and do things for him. Um, I just remember getting that and thinking like, oh, like I have no excuse for ever dying again in this game because I can just send this thing to scout everywhere for me and do stuff. Um, and I just I love that item. I like the little like whirring, shaking it starts to do when it's like running out of battery and comes back to you. It's just it's super fun to play with. It was probably my favorite uh like new part of Skyward Sword. So Yeah, that was one I definitely enjoyed and like that dungeon when much you get it was was fun to play. Yeah. When I wasn't spending half the time skipping through text being told <laughs> how make how that i knew how to use that item i was like i, I think i think i got it fee oh yeah, yeah this is this is awesome yeah you know, this green rupee is worth one rupee <laughs> hey shout out to the guy who wrote the descriptions uh for when you first get a rupee in each zelda game because some of those are actually pretty funny oh yeah <laughs> like oh it's a green rupee don't spend it all in one place <laughs> Um, but yeah, the only issue I had with this thing is it can be a little bit finicky to control. Yeah. Uh, like if you clip any kind of wall, uh, even closely, it will like crash and shut down and you have to launch again and fly back to where you were. But, um, it was just such like a unique item for that game specifically. And it was super fun to use. So that should yeah. be no issue with the quality of new uh, motion plus it should be <laughs> yeah. very easy to use. <laughs> Oh, yes. Motion Plus, which worked perfectly 100% of the time. 
Yeah, uh, I'll say it worked perfectly for the sword combat for me. I know a lot of people. It oh, yeah, but um, that for the most part worked. It was just certain other things where you had to be a little yeah, bit more anytime you, anytime you have to hold the Wiimote like a, a paper airplane and control something like that. It's always bad every game. Listen, I'm left handed. I don't want to talk about the motion controls in Zelda games. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, that's, that's uh, you know, it's too bad that they didn't stay true to Link because then they would have been made yeah. for you. I know. Mm-hmm. I know. That's, you know, it's it's one of those things that it's a little known fact to, in general, but probably a very well-known fact among Zelda fans. But uh, the Twilight Princess, uh, Wii and uh, GameCube versions are perfect mirrors of each other. That's because up until uh, that game, Link had always been left-handed. But when they released it on the Wii, they wanted to make it easier for people to control, so they made him right-handed. And I'm still bitter about it. <laughs> uh, yeah, the only other thing I'll say about the beetle, it is a really fun item to use in Smash, because it's so troll. You need no skill to use it, you just murder somebody instantly. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. A lot of these items appear in some form or another. Either like Link has them on him, like the boomerang and stuff, um, or they're available as items that you know just randomly fall on the stage um, or show up as trophies or things like that. So mm-hmm. um, a lot of these have uh, utility beyond the, the original games they appeared in, too, for sure. Uh, yeah, okay. Absolutely. Yeah. So, Chris, you are going to finish off your list here with the next two picks. Um, I know we, we dealt some blows to you there with the last couple, so let's see how you recover. What's your fourth choice? Uh, this one I'm kind of surprised has gotten this far. I'm going to take the Hero's Bow. Nice. Yeah. It's just a <laughs> classic staple of the Zelda series. There's not a lot to say about it. I think it was improved with um the Wii version of uh I like the motion aiming on the bow is what I'm saying. Um But yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to say about the bow other than it's a freaking classic. It's in every game. Uh shooting arrows through fire to melt ice will never not be fun. It's yeah. Hold on. Travis is talking about Immortals Phoenix Rising again, I think. (laughs) (laughs) No, I 100% agree. Yeah, like fire arrows. When I took the boomerang, I was like between the boomerang and the bow. And then just now when I took the beetle, I was thinking about the bow. But then I was like, well, it's kind of similar to the boomerang. They're both things, you know, you shoot out. Um, It's yeah, it's definitely a classic pick. And it's uh, yeah, yeah, that's a great one. Yeah, and in Ocarina, getting the different arrow types, like having to shoot your bow into the sun to get fire arrows is so oh, such yeah. a weird puzzle. I love. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And then uh, most of the game, well, I shouldn't say most, but a few of the games involve, you know, getting upgrades to your arrows to light arrows towards the end of the game as a way to defeat Ganon, which is always like super satisfying to just feel like you have these incredibly OP arrows to fire. Uh, especially like Link to the Past has that. Um, there's some of it in Wind Waker with Zelda where she shoots them for you off the mirror shield. And um, yeah, it's just, it's another one of those classics and that's a great pick this late in the draft, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'll roll right into my last pick here. Yeah. Uh, I got to take one item from 2D Zelda because I don't hate 2D Zelda. I, oh, I love Link Between Worlds and oh, um, this is an item from the past, but it's also Link Between Worlds, and it's great. It's the Pegasus boots. Damn it! 
Also in Link's Awakening. Yeah, I was yeah. I was gonna say I was surprised that Travis didn't take that earlier from Link's yeah. Awakening. This was the next item on my list. That's a great great choice. Yeah, I mean they make you run faster, and it's like in a lot of those two D Zelda games, it's the one way you can like be a troll to NPCs. They don't care, but you can ram into them, and you know you hurt. <laughs> Dude, the animation and sound, like the yep. the sound of your feet like starting up. Mm-hmm. It's so funny. Um, was Pegasus uh known for running fast? Uh, was that? I think the idea is that like you're running so fast it feels like flying, maybe. <laughs> but maybe. that's only know. when you have uh Rock's feather on the other button. Yeah. <laughs> this, you just yeah. you just gallop. I mean, <laughs> it's a, a, a mythical creature of some sort, I guess. I I don't know. Yeah. Sounds better than horse boots. <laughs> that is true. Uh, yeah, I think in some of the games they have like little wings on the side, I think. Mm-hmm. So that is probably where the name is coming from, or maybe the name inspires the design. I don't know. Um, I just know they make you go fast. And it's like when you when you get used to playing Link to the Past, when you've played it, you know, 15 times, uh, it feels very slow until you get those Pegasus boots. You like forget how slow Link moves around the screen uh, until you have that unlocked. And then you can just like dash from screen to screen as you're traveling around the overworld. It just, it makes the game feel so much faster and it's super satisfying. Mm -hmm. Like Travis said, hearing that, like the wind up and just like ramming into enemies with the sword. It's yeah. The pitter patter of little feet, if you will. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then, Go ahead. Very good. Oh, okay. Uh, so yeah, and it only ever runs in a straight line. So like, if you've played the games a lot, you get to memorize the maps. I mean, it's fascinating to watch speed runs how they just will dash across half the map with the Pegasus boots because they mm-hmm. know the little tiny route where the stairs are going to be and all that. Yeah, absolutely. I was just gonna say, yeah, like Travis said, when you start that running motion too, it's very like wily coyote. Like he winds up in place for a couple seconds before he actually takes off, which is it kicks up dust clouds. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, fantastic pick. Um, Thank you. I I am in shambles. Uh, there there were two items I was looking at from Link Between Worlds and, and Link to the Past. That was one of them. Uh, the other one, which is the one I'm going to end up taking now, uh, is unique to Link Between Worlds specifically, and that is uh, Ravio's bracelet. Um, and so if you have not played Link Between Worlds, it's one of the I would say underrated, but definitely lesser known Zelda titles. It's the the sequel to Link to the Past. Um, the whole conceit of that game is that you are playing in pretty much the same Hyrule as Link to the Past, but uh, they meld, you know, the the top down two and a half D with literal two dimensional uh, side scrolling, where you can actually uh, melt into the walls and into paintings and things like that and traverse across very narrow cliffways and go into different uh, worlds and things uh, by using this bracelet as a way to uh, turn Link into, you know, a two-dimensional side-scrolling figure. Um, and it leads up to, we've talked a lot about, like, how the items impact uh, boss fights, and I cannot remember the name of the boss now, um, but there's one in particular in this game where you can use the bracelet to turn Link into a 2D figure on this character's shield. 
uh, and go. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you like go around to the back of the shield, and the boss is like looking around for you, like what the heck just happened, and you can attack him from behind. Yeah, that was very clever. So, yeah, super clever and super fun, and um, I really feel like that's a game that it was praised when it came out, but it feel like it just kind of came and went, and it's not really considered among those classics. And I feel like it it has a spot there. I think uh, Link Between Worlds, you should revisit it if you haven't played it in a while. Yeah, unfortunately kind of hard to get at this point 3ds only i don't know it's probably available digitally there so you can probably get it for 40 bucks or whatever there but that's still pretty expensive for how old that game is hopefully they re-release that one on switch because we don't know what that team that did um link's awakening has been working on yeah yeah that would be an awesome one to to port over or or get some kind of remake of i mean how important is the second screen to that game i don't think it's uh not yeah, I don't think it's super important either. I I haven't played it myself in years, but I'm pretty sure that you could you could port it to something like Switch pretty easily. Yeah, I believe it was mostly inventory management, like the second screen on you know Wind Waker HD or Twilight Princess HD. Yeah, yeah. that sounds right. Uh, okay, so that's my last pick, Ravio's bracelet. Uh, we will move on to Travis for his final choice. Well, since I can't take the sword, I'm going to be taking the final item in the trading sequence that leads to the sword, the <laughs> big Goron's eye drops. Uh, <laughs> this trading sequence in Ocarina of Time was so, so good. I remember being a kid and thinking I was gaming the system by teleporting. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, on the items that had limited life and uh, no dice, no dice on that. Uh, I mean, this this is my absolute favorite thing to do in this game is always the very first thing I did after getting a Pona when becoming an adult because you kind of need a Pona to complete this trading sequence. Uh, and yeah, just the moment the big Goron wakes up from the top of Death Mountain, you're like, wow, that is a big Goron. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he and you actually can find him when you're a kid uh in in the Goron village uh and and that's a that's quite the experience as well but I just I love all of the the eyeball frog that you have to get to the the king that's another thing you have to do to complete the trading sequence is go get blue fire from the ice cave mm-hmm. um that's so, right yeah, I mean, yeah, there's there's a bunch of little things you have to do to complete that trading sequence that early, but it's totally worth it to me because I mean, I I don't even you know I barely ever used the sword and or the shield in Ocarina of Time because I barely ever had one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you're a fan of weapon durability? <laughs> no, I am. As a matter of I, fact, I know I am too. <laughs> All right. Uh, no. well, are you just real quick? So you're trying to say that you were a fan of getting that big Goron his eye medicine? Yes. Good. Big Goron needs his eye medicine. And it's potent. <laughs> it's potent stuff. This feels Good. like this feels like in a courtroom when a lawyer says something they know they shouldn't, and someone objects to it, and it gets sustained, and they're they tell the jury like, ignore that. We know <laughs> like you can't, but the jury knows. They know. <laughs> we know Travis is going for this because of the sword. Like, <laughs> no, it's, I mean, yes, but again, the trading <laughs> sequence. 
Like like I mentioned uh, for Link's Awakening, getting the boomerang. That's one of my favorite things to do there, you know. Also, I just yeah. like upgrading things. I've got, like, getting upgrades is cool. Like, I, I mean, would have taken the gold dust from Majora's Mask if there was, like, more of a lead-up to getting it. Also, the razor sword in Majora's Mask is so cool-looking. It's probably yeah. the coolest-looking sword in, in Zelda. <laughs> it's one step removed from, yeah, basically the Fierce Deity's Mask in uh in the Jorah's mask for Ocarina of Time. Yeah. Yeah. In some ways. And yeah, it's it's a it is a really fun quest to do. And that is like that moment where you finally show up with uh, with the eye drops, yeah. like look, just give me the damn sword. <laughs> like, I need about three days, sir. And you're like, okay, three sun songs coming right up. <laughs> just stand right here, pull yep. up my flute, <laughs> let's go. Just remember, folks, when you are voting this week, Travis is picking this purely based on the ocular health of that Goron and nothing else. <laughs> he needs his medicine, and Travis is here right. to be... <laughs> be Travis is all about helping people out with eye medicine. Uh, That's right. <laughs> all right, so we will move on here uh, to the last choice. Final pick of the draft. Rob, it is on to you, sir. What are you taking? So I can't get the Sheikah Slate, which has one of my favorite components of it being Magnesis, but I can take one of its uh, catalysts in the series with the Magnetic Gloves from Oracle of... Which one was this? It was Oracle of Seasons. Mm. Um, Is it only in the one? It's not in the other? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. That's the the uh, it's also in like four swords, but that four swords is it's it doesn't count. Um, <laughs> Unless uh, it's it, announced tomorrow, in which case, yeah, I mean it's a great game, but it like it, it's its own thing and it, it it's a, a weird thing. But sure, uh, sure. but Oracle Seasons in particular, like I love both Oracle of Ages and Seasons, as I've mentioned before, uh, both made by Capcom, um, some of my favorite two D Zelda games, uh, but the dungeon in which you get the magnetic glove and the puzzling the puzzles that you solve with it like who doesn't love similar to uh the the hammer and like smacking stuff and then blowing stuff up with the bomb like who doesn't or sorry the other thing i was going to draw is like the mirror shield and just doing reflection and laser puzzles who doesn't Mm -hmm. love push pull puzzles from a distance like with magnets I don't know about you, but when I was a kid, one of my favorite things was playing with magnets in school. Oh, anything with magnets is right top notch. Yeah, insane clown posse. They have a song about it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I don't want to but, talk to a scientist though. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, in particular, the boss fight it has—it's another fun one. Like, like it is a staple to Zelda series using the the item to fight the boss, but just it, it also has a, a kinship to the ball and chain i think in that you're just standing opposite of the boss and just waiting to magnetize this spike ball and hit it in the back of the boss um and it's just a fun mechanic uh, and changing the polarity of of the gloves to interact with like pull yourself across massive pits or uh pull them to you it's it's great yeah I, yeah, that's another one similar to Link Between Worlds. Like, I don't think of the Oracle games much when I'm thinking of Zelda games, but uh, I, I, yeah, I really enjoyed both of those games. They're fantastic entries into the series. That would be another one I think that would be prime for a Link's Awakening style reboot. Yes. 
Yeah. That's that. So that was what I was going to bring up when uh, Travis was talking about like, well, you know what, what or all of you brought up with in regard to what that team was working on and yeah. like, what's that team going to put out? My first thought was like, give me or like an Oracle of ages and seasons <laughs> in like one game because they essentially, they weren't the same game, but they were like two games of a part. Um, that when you completed both of them, got the sh- got the right code that you injected into the other, you got to fight Ganon. Mm. You got what was like the true ending of the Oracle games, uh, and there is some some of the best dungeons and the 2D dungeons in that series uh, in those two games. Absolutely, uh, yeah, the, part of it was because of the gloves. Yeah, and each of those games had like super unique puzzles because of you know the time travel aspect in ages, and then also the weather change aspect in seasons. Like mm-hmm. they're both super unique, even though they came out right at the same time. Um, yeah, awesome, awesome pick. Well, thanks. Uh, okay, so we are here at the end of our draft. Uh, at this point, we will always Chris uh, repeat what we took and vote on our favorite list. So uh, let's start off by reading off what we took one more time, just so that everyone remembers. Uh, Rob, you just finished off. Why don't you give us your list first? Sure. One of the best items, Twilight Princess, the spinner, (laughs) the uh, bomber's notebook, uh, lens of truth, Megaton hammer, and the magnetic gloves. Love it. Uh, Travis, what do you got? Uh, I have the Sheikah Slate from Breath of the Wild, uh, the Empty Bottle, uh, Mirror Shield, uh, the Fierce Deities Mask from Majora's Mask, and the Big Goron's Eye Drops from Ocarina of Time. Nice. Uh, I took the uh, eponymous Ocarina of Time, uh, the Paraglider from Breath of the Wild, uh, or Sailcloth. I can't remember what they call it in the game. Is it called the Sailcloth? I I think the Sailcloth is correct. Uh, the Boomerang, the Beetle from Skyward Sword, and Ravio's Bracelet from Link Between Worlds. Sorry, uh, correct. It is it is Paraglider. Oh, okay. The Paraglider right. from Breath of the Wild. No, thank you. Yeah. Uh, Chris, what do you have? I have the best item from Twilight Princess, the ball and chain. <laughs> <laughs> the Swift Sail from uh, the HD remaster of Wind Waker, Double Claw Shots, Hero's Bow, and Pegasus Boots. Oh, yeah. Nice. Great list. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Chris, if you could not vote for yourself, because that's the rule, uh, mm-hmm. whose list is your favorite out of myself, Travis, and Rob? Um, this is hard, because Travis cheated a little bit, but his other four items are just amazing, so I'm voting Travis. <laughs> How did he cheat a little bit? Are you talking about the eye drops? Yeah, he felt them those eyes. <laughs> I'm just not a fan of eyes, guys. Um, what about medicine for those eyes? <laughs> I don't like eyes. I don't want them getting medicine. Yeah, oh, it's fair. Uh, dang. So with the shambles, you put me in there at the end with the Pegasus boots, along with the bow, which is a great choice and enlightening me as to what the swift sail is and what it does and making me want to go <laughs> replay Wind Waker immediately. Uh, even though I think your first choice was a little out there, I'm still going to send my vote to Chris. Uh, all right, Travis, you're up next. Who are you voting for? Uh, the Bomber's Notebook. Uh, <laughs> yeah, my man. Rob. Look at this one issue voter. No, that's <laughs> also the Lens of Truth and the Megaton Hammer. 
<laughs> All right. And Rob, your choice. <sighs> it's one of those things like we this whole month in particular, it's been tough just because I love every choice that everyone has because I love these these games. Uh, this one in particular, it's a little tough between Brian and Travis for me because Sheikah Slate is pretty hard to fight against, but the paraglider, yeah, hmm. I gotta empty go. Empty bottle, Rob. Uh, well, I mean, it, like empty bottles on my list for sure, but like it, there are so many components to. Yeah, it, there's so many components to like what the deity's mask does, uh, and that sense of satisfaction. It's like because that was on my list for sure. Just seeing, in a way, you see adult Link kind of. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and it was it's a, it, it's just got uh, yeah it's Travis. All right. Uh, well, that's it. That's the draft. Um, let's knock out some honorable mentions if we have them. Uh, Chris, what else did you have on your list that we didn't talk about? Uh, so I have the grappling hook, which is very similar to the double claw shot kind of in its its purpose. Mm-hmm. That's why I didn't take it, but I love it. Um, the whip from uh, Scabbard Sword. It's just a cool item that we only see once. Who doesn't have a good whip? Yeah, who doesn't like a whip? You become Indiana Jones for a little while. <laughs> um, the Deku Leaf, which we talked about a little bit earlier. That's the item that's like the paraglider in mm, right. right. The Gust Bellows from Skyward Sword. Yes, I had that on my list. Yeah, it's cool. Also, another item that's very fun to use in Smash. It's so cheap. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the sand rod from uh, Link Between Worlds, mm. and I believe it's in one other game, but I can't remember it to write it now. Um, bomb shoes, mm. and yeah. then sweet, sweet money rupees. Yes, <laughs> I have bomb shoes and rupees on my list for sure. I had bomb shoes. Uh, I also just like regular bombs; like they're just super useful item throughout the games for you know, from the very first game up until the most recent ones for opening up unseen paths. Um, true. I think Travis got the best version of normal bombs with the Sheikah Slate already. Though. True. Uh, I also had the whistle from Link to the Past, which I probably would have taken if I hadn't gotten the Ocarina. Um, Is that the, the one from Mario 3? <laughs> no. <laughs> Slightly different. Um the blue and red tunics uh, from Ocarina. Yeah. Uh, Travis mentioned, I think, the the wedding or couples mask from Majora's Mask. Uh, the Book of Medora from Link to the Past. Um, and just like I had a note at the bottom that was just like every mask in Majora. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it's funny. Uh, I was going to bring this up toward the end, but yeah, the. Part of the idea from this stemmed from Travis's suggestion to do a mask draft. Um, and we love the idea. And we're like, well, masks are great, but like that's just one facet of like the breadth of what Zelda series has to offer in terms of its experiences. Uh, but we were joking. I was like, well, one of the we could ha- like Travis could do a bit where he just drafts masks. Uh, but he kind of did in a way because he picked the one mask to rule them all. So for the 40th anniversary, we'll do a month of, you know, one week we'll do masks, one week we'll do trading sequence items, one week we'll do... 
That uh, one you can't pick the bigger on sword. <laughs> <laughs> I can take the eye drops again though. <laughs> That's true. You can take both. Yep. <laughs> All right. Uh, this episode is just about over. Wow. Uh, but of course, I don't get honorable mentions. No, mm-hmm. you're not allowed. Wow. Sorry, Travis. Do you have any honorable mention? Honorable I, mentions. I do. Okay. Uh, I, I've got the hook shot, which came up multiple times. Uh, the slingshot from Ocarina of Time, and I was just thinking about how wild it is that there's no cursor in that game. Like that, you you had to learn where the shots were gonna go based on the slingshot, like where the sling was pulled. And or I, I, target, yeah. I thought that was really interesting. I I still really love that. Um, That's a good point. Yeah, a fairy uh, is mm-hmm. mentioned by Brian. Uh, the Hylian shield. Uh, the hover boots from Ocarina of Time. Uh, yep. I mentioned it on a prior episode, how wild it was running into those and being like, oh my God, hover. I can fly. <laughs> uh, the Zora mask from uh, Majora's Mask and Rock's Feather from Link's Awakening, which allowed you to jump. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, and Rob, sorry, I didn't mean to skip you guys. <laughs> you're good, you're good, dude. <laughs> I uh, went off on a side tangent. It was, it's fun. Uh, I also had Hookshot, also had Rockfeather, also had Bomb Chew, uh, the Bomb, Hover Boots, Gale Boomerang, but I figure Boomerang kind of covered it. Uh, Mask of Truth, I thought it was really just an interesting thing in that in Ocarina of Time, talking to those little stone clocks. Um, the Titan's Mitt, who doesn't love lifting heavy rocks and being able to lift the heaviest rocks with this little link. Uh, and then one that was like, I, w- I would argue as a technicality would count, but it was still kind of iffy on was the spirit orbs from breath of the wild. Hmm. Cause you can convert them into either health or stamina and yeah. they're an inventory item. Yeah. But and you can pull uh, yeah. everything out of stamina to put them into hearts real quick to go collect the master sword and then turn around and put them all exactly. Back and that, was, that was part of the reason I was considering picking it was because of that whole interaction you have with that statue or the gargoyle. Yeah, is incredible. Yeah, that's very it cool. just like I, I could do this for you. It seems so sinister and creepy. It's like he just lumps into a different pool. It's totally fine. <laughs> it's super cute. So, so nobody uh, had the the iron boots on their honorable mention from the Great Water Dungeon that everybody loved. We don't talk no. about that. <laughs> I like the place you go to collect the iron boots. You know, as mentioned, that's where you have to go to get the blue fire to thaw out the king. Yeah, I like the water dungeon. It gets too much hate, <laughs> but that's it, neither here nor there. It was a, a really interesting idea that an elaborate yes yeah it's a little bit too elaborate and convoluted yes. but it's still fun uh all right so now this episode is over um but as always our conversation does not end here once you are done listening head on over to our discord which we will link in the show notes we want to hear your drafts tell us your favorite zelda items let us know what you think we got right or wrong uh and next week we are wrapping things up we are all done with our month of Zelda uh, and we're going to finish it up in a big way. We're going to actually just straight up pick Zelda games or I should rephrase it and I should say uh, games in which Zelda or Link have appeared. Let's put it that way. Uh, And for that, we're going to be joined by uh, Game Query and Game and Makeup podcast host 
uh, also contributor to Game Informer and Twinfinite, uh, Haley McLean. And we're super excited. Um, if you want to get to know Haley a little bit better, she's been on the 99 Questions podcast with Bob Buell, episode two. Uh, and the Game and Makeup podcast is where we found out what a big Zelda fan she is, where she uh, defends Twilight Princess uh, for over an hour. And that's, that's a right. really great watch on YouTube. Go check it out. Uh, so we'll be doing that next week when we talk about the best Zelda games. In the meantime, Chris, we talked about Spelunkers a little bit. Uh, let us know where we can find that and where we can find you. Um, so the best way to find Spelunkers is to just search for us on YouTube. We would really love to hit 50 subs so we can have a custom URL and point you to that. But right now it's a bunch of numbers and letters. So just search for the Spelunkers on YouTube. Um, and you can find me streaming every... God, what day is to stream now? I don't even know. Friday, Saturday... Wednesday and Thursday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday would be a better way to say that um, at twitch.tv slash tactical dreamer. Nice. And uh, Spelunkers has a Twitch channel as well, right? Yeah. Twitch.tv slash Spelunkers. Every Saturday, uh, Tyler and Tom are streaming Wasteland 3 while getting drunk. Wasted in Wasteland, uh, <laughs> which is a good time. And then we usually play Monster Hunter after, which is an even better time. Uh, and then on Sunday mornings, every Sunday morning, we stream some co-op game mostly it's been monster hunter lately but we played a little remnant last week which was also great oh yeah awesome uh rob how about you well uh in honor of this month uh we haven't really made like we made it mentioned uh in the i think it was the draft house or one of the channels uh, we have for the episode but we have a new logo uh and on that logo you can find uh basically our like our traditional draft punks uh but it is done in the spirit of uh legend of zelda with the, the golden green color scheme with the breath of the wild box art essentially in the background excellently done by uh Alex Brenniger, uh, a former guest, our previous guest, and soon to be in the future, I'm sure. We'd love to have him back on. But uh, he designed this logo for us. And we thought, hey, wouldn't this be good on a mug? <laughs> or a t-shirt? Or a, a face mask? So we got a new item in the shop. Um, and it's what, Public, right? Yes. Um, so if you go to the rules channel, uh, you can find a link to our shop. And yeah, uh, the new logo is there for all your uh purchasing needs and any of the money that goes to that just goes in to help make this show a little bit better um providing things like giveaways that we get to do uh most recently our mo most recent giveaway was for uh the pixar characters episode that uh grizzled gaming uh the brian two in the server <laughs> uh won some awesome uh posters they were like schematics of toys uh, yeah, and we uh, might be having some something like that here soon. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, we can go ahead and say that we're going to try to do another uh, giveaway next week that will obviously be Zelda related. And mm -hmm. all you have to do to enter is be a member on our discord and take part in next week's vote. So absolutely. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Travis, how about you? Uh, so earlier today, I posted uh, in the WandaVision channel, uh, apparently there's going to be MCU content every week for the rest of the year. Uh, so please come join our uh, MCU watch club as, as it basically now is. <laughs> <That's> expanded. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, we're doing WandaVision right now. Uh, Friday at 8 Pacific time uh, should be this week. Uh, And it is a great time. And we always play some kind of party game afterwards. Yeah. Um, And one thing I love is a lot of times when you're watching a show, especially in a voice chat with like 12 people, which is what we had this past week. Yeah. People will want to be heard and talk over things a lot. But this is a very respectful group. Uh, like they pick their spots very well to make points. And when like major moments are going on and dialogue is happening, everyone is pretty respectful, which is awesome. Um, it makes it like very watchable. And then we usually have like 20 minutes to a half hour of discussion afterwards where the couple of us, uh, not me, the couple of people <laughs> in that chat who really know their Marvel stuff, uh, educate us on everything that happened and what we should be expecting. So, yeah, it's an excellent like debrief of what we just witnessed how it relates to what's come before and what it could mean for the future of both this series as well as the mcu in general and yeah yeah it's it's great conversations and great people that's why i was so excited to see that that how much stuff is coming out is like well it is such a fun group and and the idea of getting to experience all that together over the course of a year just sounds like such a good time and such a fun thing to do with the community so thank, thanks everyone for coming out yeah absolutely and uh and then after wandavision we usually end up playing and streaming uh jackbox with the community uh or some other fun game we've been talking about maybe trying out some among us once that new map comes out or mm-hmm. uh maybe town of salem um, but we are on uh, Twitch at Real Draft Punks, and we usually stream that after we watch WandaVision. Uh, I try to get on there and stream some other stuff once in a while. We've played some Dead by Daylight recently. Uh, solo, I've been playing Wintermore Tactics Club, which is super fun. Uh, but you can check us out there. Also, TikTok and Twitter, we are Real Draft Punks, same handle everywhere. Uh, like, subscribe wherever you can, and if possible, with the podcast, please write us a review or give us a rating if you can. It helps new listeners find the show. Uh, and be sure to cast your votes throughout this week. Tell us who had the best team because next week your winner will have the honor of first choice in our biggest Zelda draft yet. Uh, and that's it. That's all she wrote, folks. Rob, send us home. Until next week, travelers, be happy, be healthy, and most importantly, get the fierce deed. I mean, get be kind to each other.